Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The text on which we meditate as our sermon today is from Psalm 27, which we read responsibly at the beginning of the service. Dear friends in Christ, my grandmother gave me one of those gifts that keeps on giving. It was not Christmas that particular year. It was actually a little bit later on New Year's Eve. She had been living in an independent living center after Grandpa had died just a few years before, and she was 92. That particular New Year's Eve, we had made out a plan that I was going to come over on New Year's Eve and I was going to see her little Christmas tree in her apartment and then I was going to pick her up and take her to New Year's Eve worship that evening. So as I showed up late that afternoon, I knocked on the door and I began to get a little bit worried and when I called and there was no answer inside, I began to worry more. It wasn't out of the out of the possibility that she could have been out of her room or sleeping, but I was getting worried, and so I got a staff member to let me into her room, and as I walked into her bedroom, my stomach dropped to the floor because there I could see Grandma's feet jutting out from behind the bed. There was also instant relief because I could hear loud breathing, almost snoring, that immediately told me she was at least alive. But she had fallen, and she was laying flat on the floor. And as I knelt down beside her, getting ready to wake her up, I, I held her head up. And she, when she woke up and popped open her eyes, she spoke profound words that I will never forget. As I knelt beside her and lifted her head up, she popped her eyes open, and she said, Timmy, she always called me Timmy, she said, Timmy, we're late. We got to get to church. I said, Grandma, you're on the ground. I don't think we're going to make it to church tonight. But still, it took the paramedics to convince her that she wasn't going anywhere but the hospital. Later that night, the x-rays showed that she had broken her hip. Although she had gotten up that night and she had gone to the bathroom and she was ready to go to church with a broken hip, The fall had broken her hip, but it had not broken the custom, the priority, the habit that she had had since she was a little girl, going to the house of the Lord for worship. She spoke those profound words, Timmy, we got to get to church. I realize now that those words were her translation of King David's words that we spoke earlier Today, King David said in Hebrew, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. It's about a week later, after Grandma had had surgery on her hip, she came out of that surgery okay, but then two days later, it was her time. And the Lord had called her home after 92 long years, but God had granted to her the privilege of that psalm prayer that she was able to worship the Lord in his house all the days of her life. She gave me 
a gift that keeps on giving because she passed down to her daughter and to my parents and to me the custom, the privilege, the priority, the habit going to the Lord's house for worship. Last week, Pastor Wardell reminded us of what it means to be a family growing in Christ. And he mentioned that we would be talking about the four active things that we do as a family growing in Christ. We worship, and we study, and we serve, and we share. And if you haven't guessed by now, today's focus is worship. And our theme is this, our family worships. And that's not just a nice description about things that people do around here. That is a declaration. It's a commitment of what the people of God have decided to do here as we express our relationship with our God. This is the preeminent thing that the people of God do. It's an expression of our faith in God and our commitments to each other. Our family worships. Oh, why? Why should it be at the top of our list of priorities? Or if it isn't, why should it be? That's exactly the things that we'll talk about today. But before we do, can I tell you a secret? It's kind of a big secret for a pastor. I didn't really want to come to worship today. I didn't really want to worship here today. After all, it's been a long week. I don't know how much you've heard, but we had a choking incident for Josie and a trip to the emergency room and allergic reactions and two different hospital stays in two different cities. And after a long week, I did not want to come to worship, or at least not here. I wanted to worship at St. Matt's but not St. Matt's over in Appleton. I wanted to worship at St. Mattresses in my bedroom as I stayed under the covers all day, didn't wake up till noon, and then I wanted to get up and move to the couch and not wake up from there until next week. I didn't really want to come to worship today. I knew after the end of this week that I simply wouldn't, and so I figured I better volunteer to preach because that'll make me, <laughs> that'll make me have to show up for worship. If you've heard the call of St. Mattress 2, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They have an excellent welcoming committee. They have the highest attendance of anywhere in the nation on any particular Sunday morning. And St. Couch and St. Work, they're right behind the highest attendance. If you've heard their call and you know how hard it is to get up on a Sunday morning or to get to worship on any day of the week, you know what our sinful nature is like. Is it really ever that we wake up bursting out of our bed, whistling on our way to worship now, there's one Christian author who says we wake up and it's like the devil is holding a pillow over our face and how willing we are to submit to that, how willing we are to say no to worship, no to God, yes to bed, yes to laziness, and how dangerous that is because this worship 
hearing from our God is exactly the thing that we need the most. So today we'll look at all the blessings that God gives us as we gather together to hear from him and to worship together. And the very first thing that we must talk about, the biggest and most primary blessing of worship is that God gives us the gift of himself. God comes to us in this place. He comes to us as if he's a waiter, catering a divine feast for us. Ever wonder why we call our worship services, why we call it that, a service? It's kind of a funny name for a gathering or for the time when our worship is. Why do we say worship services? It's because God comes to us to serve us. It's because God comes to us with a feast, with a full-course dining experience as we come in and we start off with a hymn as an appetizer to whet our appetite and then we confess our sins and we hear from God's servant the absolution that proclaims to us forgiveness. Then we hear the lessons from God's word and we hear the sermon like a nice juicy steak to chew on and savor. Then we partake of the Lord's Supper, true heavenly food for us to eat and to drink, and we depart with the blessing, the sweetest assurance, like the finest dessert that we get to take home. God comes to us with a feast, with the gift of himself. There simply is something special about coming to God's house, coming to a special, specific, set-aside place to worship and to gather. Just as King David said in the psalm, he said he wanted to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. There is something special about why why we have such a big and grand space to bring us into the presence of God, for God's people to gather here and for the arts and everything about our worship space to remind us of everything that God has done for us, but most of all, most central to the beauty of our God is to look again at the cross. The centerpiece of the message of our salvation and our faith, the reminder of all that God has done for us in his son, that is where we truly see the beauty of our God. Now, this past year, we've certainly learned about the benefits of live stream worship as well. And those are amazing benefits as we've been able to stay connected to each other during a time where meeting wasn't such a able thing that we were to do. We learned the benefits of live stream worship, but we also realize that there are things that looking at one end of a screen simply cannot replicate from the worship experience that is designed to serve you here. It's kind of like watching a documentary about the Grand Canyon, which is good. You'll learn a lot. You'll understand what's going on, but it's not the same as standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and taking it all in as the sight changes you. Don't get me wrong, the, the one is good, it's not bad, but it doesn't deliver the full effect. 
Let me give you a for instance. This past Easter, Carissa and I and Josie were able to worship with you in spirit through the live stream from our hospital seat suite at the neonatal ICU 90 miles away in Milwaukee. And what a blessing it was for us to be able to gather our hearts with our family growing in Christ and to hear Pastor Wardell stand in this very pulpit and preach the message of the resurrection comfort. It was truly a blessing. But also that day, it was the second Easter in a row outside of God's house. See, the first, the one before that had happened during the safer at home orders. So we hadn't been able to meet here together in God's house. For the second time in a row, we were going to be spending Easter outside God's house of worship. It's simply, I, I couldn't bear it that year. And so I had, to, I had to drive and get a COVID test for whatever reason. But on the way back from that, I stopped in the parking lot of my childhood church, and I snuck in the back, and nobody noticed me. I stayed where nobody could see me. I was still wearing my sweatpants from two days before when Josie had been born. And I waited for exactly what I knew was coming. And when it happened, when it started, when God's people began to sing the closing hymn, I know that my Redeemer lives, I wept and I wept because God's people were gathered there with the organ resounding and the trumpets blaring and they were proclaiming to my weary heart exactly the sermon that I needed to hear on that day. The words of I know that my Redeemer lives. He lives to bless me with his love. He lives to plead for me above. He lives my hungry soul to feed. He lives to help in time of need. I understand now exactly what King David was feeling, what he meant when he said, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. See, the blessing that a live stream and technology simply cannot replicate is you. God's people gathered together singing and serving one another with his words and with song and with your confession of faith and with your very presence. That's simply something we cannot afford to give up, just as the writer to the Hebrews pleaded with the early Christians. He said, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. It's a Christian author who put his finger on a truth when he said, joy shared is joy intensified. What that means is it's better to be together. That's the reason that thousands of people pack into a stadium for the big game. It's part of the reason that we pack into the Lord's house to worship. Because it's better together. And we want each and every one of you to have the full experience. We want you to be here 
and be fed by God and his word and by the people around you and by the organist and the choir and everything that God works through his people to encourage you and keep you strong in the faith. Just ask any one of our shut-ins what they wouldn't give to be back here in the Lord's house with you. Now, I could go on all day about the blessings of worship. After all, I'm the worship pastor around here, but we also, we've got communion later today, and we should probably get to it, but that's the last thing that we need to spend a moment talking about, the Lord's Supper, because God once again comes to us, giving us the gift of himself, this time with his true body and blood, just as Jesus instituted for his disciples on that evening of the Last Supper, so we gather together and we share that meal as a family growing in Christ. We share it together from one believer to another. Now, with all the things that have been going on and with live stream worship, there's also been something that has come up lately, the question of virtual communion. That is the idea of taking the elements home and taking communion while you're on the live stream at home. And it certainly comes from a good desire, a good place to want to be able to partake of the Lord's Supper. Don't get me wrong about that. It comes from a good desire. But it also comes with so many questions. Does it work the same over the live stream? Is that the way that Jesus instituted it is it in keeping what Jesus with what Jesus intended as he gathered his disciples together to receive it with them on that evening and the answer to a lot of those questions is well maybe but i'm not sure and that's exactly the problem because the lord's supper is all about certainty and assurance Jesus gives us his true body and blood to taste and to touch and to receive ourselves as we get to look God's servant in the face and hear him proclaim certain words, your sins are forgiven through Jesus' body and blood. That certainty and assurance that we simply don't want to give up and so we gather in this place where we know it's certain and true. We gather together to receive the gift that God gives us, the gift of himself in his true body and blood. And as we together proclaim the Lord's death to each other until the Lord comes. So as we gather as a family growing in Christ, we do it to experience so many blessings. Our family worships to be fed to encourage one another to gather for the Lord's Supper. It's also the way that we put down our sinful nature. It's also the way that we declare our priorities and express our faith. It's the way that we say no to laziness or to busyness or to our aversion to people or to whatever keeps us out of worship. It's the way we express our commitments to come and hear all of what God wants to say to us. As we worship, we position ourselves to give and to receive every blessing that God has deigned to give us 
as we gather before him, our family worships. Let that not be a nice little slogan on some piece of paper somewhere. Let it be the truth. Let it be our declaration and our commitment of what our family does together. Your family worships. This family worships. Our family worships. Amen. Please stand.